0: That's noom.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Welcome to another episode of In The Pen, a podcast about believers, part of the Pitchless Podcast Network. I'm your host, Cal Noselliger, joined, as always, by Rick Graham and Jay Crumpler. And guys, we have made it. This is the final episode of the 2023 regular season What a wild ride it has been, where all three of us are going to be watching the playoffs from our couches and not proving on our favorite teams. Definitely could not have predicted that at the beginning of the season, but hopefully, at the very least, we'll be taking home some fantasy championships to suffice for our MLB teams being pretty average this season. But welcome in. Hopefully, uh, like I said, hopefully you guys are battling your championships. How has this, uh, this last week of the season been
2: going? It's uh, it's been going well, you know, like you said, it's, you know, we're not going to have our favorite teams in the playoffs and it's never fun not having not seeing the Red Sox in the playoffs for me, but uh, I do enjoy somewhat just being able to kind of sit back and relax and just watch it from a, you know, more of a, not of a fan standpoint necessarily as much, much as just, just, you know, watching, watching a, you know, good baseball playoff series. so. Still looking forward, so there should be some good matchups, and like we were talking about earlier the the pitching I feel like the pitching is such a wild card in the playoffs right now with the teams that are in there that starting pitching at least that you know pretty much any you know I could see any team making it to the World Series this year.
3: Yeah, it should be a fun ride. I'm surprised we made it all the way throughout the whole season without missing a single episode that was definitely one of my biggest accomplishments of the season outside of growing a mustache and hitting a home run, you know. Uh, <laughs> not missing a single podcast is is up there for sure, but yeah, in terms of fantasy not Uh, hoping for second place in my home league but still holding on to first in barf so hopefully my first year in earth comes
1: as a success which would be really cool hey i'm fully rooting for you for that it's been uh i know a crazy crazy season for you for that but your first league season in a league like that it's uh pretty rewarding but so on this episode, we just talked about the playoffs. We will put our predictions on the record, try and see which one of us uh, can take home a, that sort of crown since we're not going to be in it ourselves, but we'll see where that goes and get you some final streamers for the last weekend of the regular season. There's still those saves to be held, and we're going to try and find some names that are worth our, our while going forward there. But we'll start off like we always do, hopefully finding you guys some last minute saves, last few saves in the last season with some of the latest news and notes from the season. We'll go through it a little quickly since there's not too much left in the season. But Jason Adam was placed on the 15 day IL of a strained left oblique. We just talked last week about how he was back and he's back on the IL. So the Rays may be without him for the beginning postseason push. Is there anybody for the Rays that's worth picking up in terms of holds to get the ball to Pete Fairbanks for this last uh, this last week?
2: Yeah, I think it's good. You know, we're back to Robert Stevenson um, being definitely the guy there. Um, Colin Pochet too. I I, they've kind of been mixing and matching outside of outside of Stevenson and Fairbanks uh, with like you know. Diekman hasn't gotten a ton of holes, but he has pitched a lot better lately. I wonder if, you know, he might get a hold this weekend. Um, you know, um, Kittredge is back. He think he had a hold this past week. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably a, if you don't have Stevenson or Fairbanks, I might, you know, unless it's a really deep league, probably just stay away from the situation.
3: Yeah, because I, I think the, the biggest thing here is that Rays probably will not push their bullpen too much. Not they well. really have no reason to. They just missed out on winning the AL East and they are locked into the first wild card spot. So at this point, they could lose these last three games by 20 runs each game and it really would not change anything. So I, I, I feel like they might not even use Stevenson, Pochet or Fairbanks at all, but you know, mm. you always want to have those guys be at the top of their game, like you don't want them to be rusty when we start the wild card series on Tuesday, but there is that heightened uh, attention to not allowing those players to get injured or be uh,
1: tired once the postseason begins. The Boston Red Sox won't have that problem at this point. Uh, 15, Chris Martin was placed on the 15 day IL with a viral infection while they also got. Kenley Jansen acting from the COVID-related IL. So, Rick, we got a couple of days left in the season. Help me make sense of this bullpen. Is Kenley Jansen going to get a save at this point? <laughs> and, uh, does, does someone else step in as the go-to guy for hold since we know Martin was kind of taking over
2: while Jansen was out? Um, It's tough to... Yeah, you know, it's, it's a team that has nothing to play for playing Baltimore this weekend who, right now, doesn't have anything to play for either, so... um who knows what's going to happen in that series. Uh, I, I don't know at this, if Jansen's not going to pitch, I don't know why they even activated him. Yeah. Um, but I did kind of, I think I did say that when I, when he went on the aisle, I'm like, I don't even, he's been battling all sorts of things. I don't even know if it makes sense for them to bring him back the season. Um, I guess, you know, Whitlock probably can get some more work. Um, Schreiber still, still working. Uh, Winkowski is I mean I I just stay away from this again it's it's against Baltimore. I know Baltimore has nothing to play for anymore. now that they've clinched the AL East, but um even whatever back whatever lineup they put out there is still a pretty pretty good lineup that I think I'll, I would not trust the Red Sox uh relief pitchers with, you know, for a holds league right now.
3: Yeah, and w- with Kenley, they still have him for another year, so it's not yeah. going to be one of those situations where they're like, well, it's not going to hurt us if he gets injured and, and can't pitch next year. Um, But there is that one point where this is a guy trying to rack up as many saves as possible as he nears the end of his career. Still probably got a few years left, but he probably wants to get as many saves as possible. It doesn't look like there have been any save opportunities since he was activated, which uh, can partly be blamed on the Red Sox being mm. the way that they've been this year. But, you know, maybe, maybe, they're just waiting on a safe situation because they, they don't see any point in using him unless it's to boost his career stats. And so maybe he will get one safe this weekend, but yeah, given that they have guys that they can turn to that probably aren't at risk of getting injured like Kenley is, maybe they will do that, but I could see Kenley being used for a save, but only just to boost that career saves total.
1: And I had that snarky snarky remark about the Red Sox, but so I always say that because the Yankees are also dealing with injuries as well. <laughs> both Wandy Peralta and Tommy Canely were placed on the 15 day IL Peralta with a tricep strain, Canely with a shoulder inflammation, obviously both missing the rest of the season. As long as Garrett Cole's pitching complete game shutouts like the other night will be good, but we know Clay Holmes is still be closer. Do you guys have a favorite for holds for the Yankees since this weekend, they will be playing meaningless baseball, but against the Kansas city Royals. So there may still be a saver hold up for grabs. Uh, in that
2: pen yeah i think ian hamilton could be a a, a fun interesting uh play this weekend if you need a hold or just need some relief innings um i honestly looking at this bullpen he's probably the only other guy i would trust outside of clay holmes so um yeah i think hamilton he pitched really well earlier in the season so he could be worth a worth a look in deeper leagues
3: yeah, agreed there. It's pretty crazy how many guys they have injured. Uh, just even in the second half, Keenan Middleton, Jonathan Weizaga, uh, Albert Abreu, Tommy Conley, Wani e. Peralta, Anthony Masevich, and some other guys that have been out for the whole year. They've moved guys to the rotation. It's been pretty disastrous for a, a bullpen that is really deep and is somehow still has a, a couple interesting guys there, but Yeah, it's just crazy that they've been unable to keep guys healthy. And, and maybe that's a, that's a thing that might be like a, an organizational thing because we have not only seen that in the bullpen, but we've seen it in the rotation. We've seen it in the lineup. And I, I, I don't know the Yankees as well as Callan does. So I don't know if that's like something that's talked about by fans, but from what I see on Twitter, I see people complaining a lot (laughs) about the Yankees ability to keep guys healthy. And it's, very apparent in the bullpen
1: oh there's definitely some issues there maybe it's just you know new york exaggerating because that's what we we like to do and when there's one smaller problem it becomes a large one but you, you've seen enough just looking through of how many pitchers are dealing with IL stints and let's not forget aaron judge and john carlos stanton's nearly a yearly stint to the injured list and there definitely is some issues i don't know if it's just a yankee issue and it's magnified because it's the new york yankees but there's definitely something there that that'll need to be addressed. But I agree with Ian Hamilton's just from watching these games. He's the next guy in that pen and who will get the ball to clay Holmes, And hopefully we get some, some holds out of it because I'd like to end the season with a, with a few wins there. And we'll wrap up these transactions. A few more injuries. Colin Holderman placed on the 15 day IL with right thumb discomfort. Daniel Bard with right forearm fatigue and Brad Boxberger with a right flexor strain. The Cubs is the one that's the most interesting because they are the ones who are clearly still playing for something. They have a wild card spot on the line, but out of that pen, or the for Pittsburgh or Colorado, anything worth noting for uh, your streamers at the end of the season?
2: Yeah. So Hold, Holderman, I think you know that's a big loss for Pittsburgh, but they're also shutting down. They shut down what Mitch Keller too. Um, they're kind of. I wonder if Bednar doesn't even pitch this weekend. I, I don't see any reason for him to pitch. So. I do kind of like, and I'm going to butcher the name, Carmen, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Carmen uh, Mladzinski, Mladzinski. Mladzinski. Um He's been pretty good for them out of the pen. Not a huge strikeout guy, but does, you know, pretty good velocity. Um, kind of a four-pitch mix, you know, start, former starter type. Um, I think he could be an interesting option for the, for them this weekend as they try to play spoiler against the Marlins. Uh, so again, you know, it's not a bad, not a good offense they're going against. So not a bad matchup. Um, so yeah, well, Mal- another kind of sleeper deep holds option. If you, you know, you're trying to just find one more hold from someone on the, wa- on the waiver wire, I think that could be a interesting name. Yeah, they've been using him as like the setup guy since Holderman went down. He even got a
3: save earlier this week which was pretty cool and Dory Moretta got recalled as Colin Holderman hit the IL. So, he is also an interesting option. More of a strikeout guy than Modzinski, so if you're in like a categories league, then that's the guy you want to go for if you're looking for strikeouts. But I think Modzinski's got a higher shot at getting a hold or a save, but both both of those guys are are pretty decent options.
1: Let's move over to the transactions. The guys who are coming back from the IL again, nothing too crazy. But Brock Stewart got active. We talked about Kenley Jansen being back from the COVID related IL. Josh Spores active from 15 day IL for hamstring injury. Tyler Wells is back from the minors, and I think the one that's intrigued us the most was O'Ryan Kirkering was selected from the minors for the Philadelphia Phillies, and his first outing was pretty electric. We talked last week or two weeks ago about 2024 20, names to keep an eye on. That's a name that I'm definitely circling for next season as a uh, someone who can make a big impact in that Philly bullpen, who we'll talk about in a little bit, has struggled down the stretch as we approach the postseason. So, any of those names worth noting? Any th- major impact that uh, you got to keep an eye on over his last few days?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think kind of the all between Stewart, Spores, and Kirkering, I mean, I, I don't know how much Kirkering is going to how many holds he's going to get chances he's going to get this weekend. He's definitely a name to keep an eye on uh, next year for sure. Hopefully he, he should break camp with them as long as he's healthy. And, you know, he could definitely be in the mix to to close out games for for the Phillies next year. Um, Brock Stewart's been gone since June, but he was having a career year up until his injury not sure, you know, we'll see what he's got left, what he's what what he's got like in the tank, you know, for this weekend and the playoffs. But I, I would imagine he pitches at least once this weekend, just so they can, yeah. You know, the Twins need to see what if it makes sense carrying him on the playoff roster. Uh, same with Josh Spores for the Rangers. I I think you know the Rangers bullpen's been such a disaster lately, and and before you know, leading up until July when Spores started dealing with those injuries, he was you know talk we were talking about him as being one of the best, you know, the biggest breakout relievers in the game. So if he's healthy, if he can be right, you know, if, um, he could definitely factor into some high leverage work with, you know, what's going on in that bullpen. Cause Chapman and Will Smith are not the easiest guys to trust at the moment.
3: Yeah, I was excited to see Brock Stewart return. He was really, really good before getting injured 0.68 ERA, and he was striking out uh 36% of batters and had like a cr- crazy jump in fastball velocity. It was like five miles per hour or something, something ridiculous. So that that was cool to see him finally return. That guy could definitely be integral to their pitching staff in the postseason. But I, I thought it was interesting to see Dylan Floro DFA because that th- he was traded for Jorge Lopez, right?
1: Yes, I think you're right.
3: Yeah. Yep. So that trade did not work out for either team because oh. Jorge Lopez also was DFA'd and claimed by the Orioles and now Dylan Floro DFA'd, so not not ideal there. It, it's definitely like reminiscent of the uh Richard Blyer Matt Barnes trade from the off season. Both of those guys. Marlins, also Something Yeah. I was just be <laughs> picking up guys and then just being like, oh, that was a mistake, but also not really facing any consequences because the guy yeah. that they gave up was also just as bad. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, weird there. But, uh, yeah, the twins losing Dylan Floro there. Um, that's fine though. I, I thought it was interesting to see Tyler Wells come back. He was one of the best starters in baseball in the first half, and they'll be using in- him out of the bullpen alongside Jack Flaherty. So they have a couple of, starters that have had really good stretches of pitching out of the rotation now pitching out of their bullpen. Tyler Wells is I think a good option. If you're looking to vulture a win or you need a guy that can go multiple innings, Tyler Wells is good for that. And then, uh, Kirkering, I mean, he's thrown so few innings in the minors. He, he threw like 42 this year and that was his career high 43 about, um, but big strikeout numbers like mid thirties and, and, but the coolest part is that his walk numbers were so low. Uh double A was his largest sample, and he struck out thirty-seven and a half percent of batters with a five point seven percent walk rate. Good for a strikeout minus walk rate, over thirty-one percent. That's uh that's really good, really exciting. And he's got a, a wicked slider, right? I, I think that's what I saw on pitching ninja. Yeah, he's
2: like Matt Brash kind of. He's got a brash Ooh. brash. He's only twenty two. Yeah, he, he is, he's gonna be a problem. Um <laughs> and
3: he's got a sick name
2: yeah he does he's got a great reliever o- name
3: orion is not his real name but you know i'll wow. let him have it i don't think i could pull it off but
2: uh, i was gonna say speaking of tyler wells another starter that might be a reliever in the playoffs uh chris paddock came back and yeah he touched 99 which is kind of exciting what? yeah he did <laughs> he, he hit 99 That's crazy. um That's and he's oh man, remember when
3: he first came up? Remember his rookie yeah. year? That was oh, yeah. he was a man. And then he just was so unlucky for two years and then got injured. Tommy John surgery. So yeah, a wild career. I feel like this that's like a guy who next year or the year after just comes out of nowhere and is like good again.
2: Yeah, I always wondered if he would be ultimately be a bull. I'm sure he's going to get a chance to start next year, but I always wondered if he'd be a bullpen guy because he's only he's a two pitch guy. He doesn't have this thing is he's never developed a breaking ball. He's always yeah, been how fastball many, change up and
3: how many fastball change up relievers are there?
2: Like m- at most relievers, I feel like have a slider. Like Trevor Hoffman's the one that comes to mind. But yeah, sure. I mean,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> hard comparison to make. Yeah, I
2: know, but like they're, 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 it happens. I mean. um they they're rare yeah usually you see you see a breaking ball or like a cutter nowadays um yeah but yeah it's not like I mean, as long as he's willing to throw a changeup against righties which you know t- pitchers need to probably start doing more throwing same side changeups it's like a thing that doesn't mm-hmm. happen enough but um yeah i i think he could i don't know it's going to be tough to be a, f- a starter and go f- 6 innings if he's only throwing yeah. fastball changeup
3: I don't know if he's great this weekend, though, because the Twins are in Colorado.
2: Yeah, that's true. But it's called, yeah, yeah. I'd stay away from Colorado, probably.
1: Yeah, i I'd love to see it. I hope Paddock can do something. The twins are going to want to do something in the postseason. They'll need him to step up because they won't exactly have a, an easy road out of that American League. But hopefully they can do something and end that uh, Long stretch of struggling postseason baseball for Minnesota. But we'll take a, our first break and get back. We're going to talk about some of these streamers, some guys who uh, are rising in the ranks, some streamers, people you want to keep an extra eye on for this last weekend and could be the big difference makers at the end of the season. So all that and more on In The Pen.
0: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: All right, this is the part of the episode, like we said, where we go through the risers and fallers in the ranks difference in this time is there's no baseball after this so we're going to be focusing on guys who either have an easy schedule or something's happened very recently to make this next weekend really important for them or someone who we think have a a great weekend coming up so rick we'll start with you give me one right one riser in your ranks who uh you're looking to Mm. either pick up or something that's got a good start this weekend you want to attack
2: yeah, I mean, it's he hasn't really pitched great lately, but Carlos Estevez gets uh, the Athletics for 3 games, so I'm going to I'll take my chances with him um going up against the A's this weekend to get at least one, hopefully one save. I I you know, you would think I would think that the Angels might you know, hey, maybe we'll give Matt or we'll give Ben Joyce, i was gonna say Matt Joyce, we'll give Ben Joyce or you know, Jose Soriano, a chance to close out a game, see see what happens this weekend. But I just knowing, just seeing what this team's done all year, I feel like they're just going to, you know, keep Estevez in the the closer role for the year, for the rest of the year, the final weekend. And yeah, against the Athletics, he should have at least one chance this weekend, I would hope.
3: Yeah, that's definitely a uh, good team to stream for a save against. Uh Definitely um, not, not much I can say about speculating yeah. on who's going to be the guy to get the saves, but definitely want to target relievers going against the A's and, and the angels. I wouldn't say they have options, but they do since they're available on the wire. So Estevas probably not available on the wire, but someone like Ben Joyce, maybe uh Jimmy Herget, who's not what he was last year. And like you said, Jose Soriano.
1: Jake, we'll move over to you. Who's somebody else this weekend that you're, Moving up in the ranks or moving into your lineup just based on matchups or uh, good, a good past couple of days? I'll go Tanner
3: Scott, and there's a lot going into this one. Tanner Scott, obviously one of the best relievers in baseball throughout the whole year and, and has a case for being the best reliever in the second half, probably just... Uh, only competition there is probably Devin Williams, but he has been really great this year. The Marlins are not only fighting for a playoff spot. They're like very close. They are right. right- right there for that final wild card spot so they're going to be one of the very few teams there's probably uh, four or five teams going into this final weekend that are going to be going all in in terms of bullpen usage and and using their high leverage relievers when they need them most and the Marlins are one of those and they'll also be going up against the Pirates who according to the splits are a bottom 5 team versus left-handed pitchers so that bodes very well for Tanner Scott i mean the the pirates are without Andrew McCutcheon, who is one of their best left-handed uh destroyers and i think Tanner Scott could really do w- well this weekend if he if he doesn't get at least one save i'd honestly be surprised and and if he doesn't it's probably because the Marlins are blowing out the pirates but that that is definitely one of the guys that I'll be targeting this weekend if I have free reign of, of relievers like that.
2: Yeah. And I, I also added into the notes that, you know, he's going to have some newly found dad strength after he's, he's coming off the, uh, that's right. (laughs) And I think people were concerned how long he might be out (laughs) uh, on the, uh, the why can't I think of the name Paternity. of it? Paternity, Paternity leave. leave. There it is. Um, but yeah, Probably he's, none he's of us com- have children. Yeah, that's <laughs> clearly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he'll be you know he'll be back ready to go this weekend and hopefully I mean yeah I could see him pitch two of these games maybe I mean I I wouldn't be shocked to see him pitch all three games giving the you know how important they are for the the Marlins you definitely want to focus on guys like that who have things to play for
1: and the marlins they definitely have things to play for but tied for that final wild card spot with the chicago cubs and like they like you guys have said it's playing the pirates and they don't exactly have much to play for so i think that Scott's a great stream i wouldn't be shocked if he does appear in all three games and hopefully can pick up a save or two or at the very least help some ratios down the stretch so i really like that call i'll mention evan phillips the only concern I have for him is the Dodgers have already locked up that bye week so, or the bye in the first round, so do they really push him? But you'd think he'll get at least one game just to continue to work on his craft. And it's a lightheaded hitting Giants team, so I think Evan Phillips is a fine guy to keep in your lineup in in that mat- in this matchup coming up.
2: Yeah, that's kind of my my thought is like these teams that have buys. I I think you probably want to get your relievers some work this weekend. Um, so I, and Phillips has only pitched, I think once in the past week. So I,
3: yeah, he hasn't pitched in four days. So if he doesn't pitch at all, it'll be like two weeks.
2: Yeah. So I, he should at least get into one game if not two, this weekend. And yeah, the giants aren't an offense to, to be scared of Aww. that. Yeah, sorry.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: okay. We got shots in and off three of our teams. So That's it's pretty, we have, <laughs> pretty much par for the course. Uh, so. For the rest of the season, let's go jump over to the fallers, guys. Who, you know, have been reliable all season, but something's giving us some cause for concern for the weekend. So, Jake, we'll start with you this time. Give me one faller for for this upcoming weekend.
3: Um, yeah, I, I, we can just pile on the Giants, I guess. <laughs> um, Camila Duvall um, is probably a guy to avoid, not only. Are the Giants taking on the Dodgers, which is a tough task for any pitcher, but Duvall hasn't really been too great in the second half. He's uh, only has one save in the past week and, and that comes with three appearances. So if that says anything, I think that says not only are the Giants being bad, but also he's being bad and the Giants as we've discussed, have been, eliminated, have been eliminated from postseason contention. So there's really no reason for the Giants to push him. Really, the only thing he has to play for is laying claim to the National League lead in saves. He's at 38 mm-hmm. right now. And that right now is leading the National League. I think it's, yeah, it's right up there. Um, one more than Alexis Diaz. So that's really all he has to play for. But this is like one of if not the brightest young player on the giants, like regardless yeah. of what kind of position he plays, he's still only 25. He is right at his career high in innings. He's one below his career high, which he set last year. Um So they, maybe he does get one more shot, but they really have no reason to push him. Like you do not want to leave the opportunity open to allow him to get injured or, or lose his confidence or just something fluky to happen. But, yeah, I, that's that's not one that I'll be excited to throw out there in my lineup if he's on my fantasy team.
2: Yeah, that's you know three games against the Dodgers, and yeah, they've already shut down Logan Webb. I, I, I they're gonna probably take it easy. If there's a if there's a save situation that comes up, maybe he gets one one save chance this weekend. But. Um, there's really no need for the Giants to push him. I, I think it's kind of similar with I didn't put him on here, but Alexis Diaz too. It's once the Reds get eliminated, I I wonder if he gets shut down because you know when? Uh, uh, when well, <laughs> when they get eliminated. I mean, they're Come basically on. eliminated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're done for. I think yeah, I, I think they're just yeah. It, Diaz has been really bad lately, and uh, they just he, he's definitely dealing with something or just wear and tear. But he he probably could use a break. Yeah, that last outing for Diaz was something the shield drives
1: for. Luckily, I didn't have my teams, but if you did, start Sorry. here, man. Start here, man. Yeah. That was a a rough, rough end of the season for Diaz. And like you said, I wouldn't be shocked if they shut him down as well. But they still are mathematically in the race. So they at least have something to play for over these next three or four games. Rick, over to you. Who is another person you're downgrading uh, this weekend?
2: Um, so I'll go with Julian Mer- Merriweather. Um, because it does sound like Albert Al- Alzale has a chance to return tomorrow. Um, the Cubs definitely could use him. They're, you know, they that they're in, they're them in the Marlins are going to be you know neck and neck this weekend. So they could use all the help they can t- can get. And Merriweather has not been great filling in for him in that closer role. He's been ha- the walks have skyrocketed this month or lately the last two weeks. It's He's got a case of the yips or something. I'm not sure. It's not like we haven't really seen that. I mean, that's kind of happened with Meriwether in the past as well. There's, um, there's there's been some bouts of you know control issues. So definitely not the best time for him to be having them for for Cubs fans. Sorry about that, but um, you know, Alzelay is back, so I, I don't think Meriwether is gonna get. Any saves this weekend, and you know, three games against Milwaukee again. Milwaukee's probably you know the offense isn't going to be great this weekend. Whoever they throw, but they out want dark. to play spoiler. Exactly, it's <laughs> division. It's a divisional series. I'm sure they'd love to kick the the Cubs out of the playoffs. So yeah, that mm-hmm. they'll the, they'll be they'll be trying to win those games.
3: Yeah, it sort of makes me feel like the Marlins and the Diamondbacks are going to be the final two teams there, just considering the state of the Cubs right now, and especially okay, if they guess, lose again today, it's yeah. going to be rough. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to have Alzelay back. He's definitely been missed on my home league. Um, but I, it's like a terrible position for the Cubs to be in that they really need a guy to step up in that bullpen. And now they're going to have to rely on somebody who is clearly dealing with something that he's being forced back early from. I feel like if the Cubs were out of it, I don't think Alzelay would have been back this season at all. But the fact that they're like in that postseason race and they need him desperately, it's really not a great position to be because, I mean, like if they need a win, like... Three out of the four games this weekend, or at least at the very least split, like they're going to need him for two or three of those wins. And, and that's, that's not ideal, especially for a guy just coming off the IL. He hasn't pitched in weeks and in, and, and in a major league setting. But yeah, that's really not ideal for, for them. And I wonder how Ausalai is going to be able to hold up if they will just throw him back into the closer role or if they'll continue to trust someone like Merriweather. There's so much uncertainty there. But really at this point in the season, it's really hard to, Go for like the the safety play. You, you sort of have to go for upside, especially if you're in a position where you're trying to make up ground in the final few days of the fantasy season. But if you're in a position where it's like I I just need to hold on for this win, maybe sticking Alzolay in your lineup is not the best option because who knows if uh, his arms not doesn't bother him when it comes to a game situation, or even if they they force
1: him into a safe situation at all. Like you said, it's an extremely tough position to be in, and. If I'm needing a Cubs save, and I think it would go to Alzelay, but like you said, one bad outing and he's probably out of there. The Cubs have to win this weekend. There's no way about it. So if you if he shows any signs of Russ, they're not going to be throwing him in in the most crucial innings. Who will get those? I, I don't know, but they need to figure things out fast and it puts us in a very tough position as fantasy managers for this last weekend. And the final name I want to mention is Kyle Finnegan, they play the Atlanta Braves. Enough really said. The only thing I'll add to, for that is the Braves did just lock up home field advantage as we're recording this today. So maybe they just rest anyone just to go into the playoffs. But kind of what we talked about earlier with uh, the Dodgers they're going to want to get some people some work. So maybe the Braves don't rest it because, you know, it's a week off how much you know baseball players they like to be in that rhythm. So they're going to want to sit out. You know, Acuna and all those big boppers in the Braves lineup for a whole weekend and go a week without playing. I don't know, uh-huh. so I'd rather not put a guy in my lineup who's going up against the best team in baseball this weekend. Just a hot take for it.
2: <laughs> I mean, even if like, even what is the Braves' worst potential lineup right now with the on their roster? Even if they sat. Acuna, Riley, Olson. I mean, only there's sit, still,
3: like four guys. Yeah,
2: so I mean, there's that's still like you know, there's still a pretty tough lineup, no matter what. Just based off, I mean, that obviously that's like a you know, historic I mean, lineup right there's now. No so. way
3: Acuna sits too. I mean, that guy's got that dog in him, and with the MVP on the line and and the numbers he's been racking up, I, there's no shot that that he takes a break. But I could see like I don't know, Ozzy Albie's taking a break, Austin Riley taking a break, yeah. Um, but yeah, probably Ozuna. But uh, yeah, that, at this point, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to risk putting any pitcher up against Acuna right now. Forty seventy is
2: nuts. insane. Yeah, that's.
1: Yeah. I think any debate we had about him versus Mookie Betts winning MVP kind of went out by Acuna clenching that forty seventy.
3: Well, it's and a- also bets sucked in September.
1: Bet too. That too. No, you're you're definitely right. Anybody you want to mention as an honorable mention, either for a, a riser or fall or someone you're trying to stream or avoid for this final weekend outside of the few names that we uh we mentioned here.
2: Uh yeah, we kinda I mentioned Estevez as, as someone going against the athletics, but on the flip side of that, you know, Trevor May going against the Angels, that's also not a <laughs> terrible matchup either. So some one of those guys is probably gonna end up with a save this weekend against one of those horrible offenses. Um I don't know who but I I'd probably still lean Estevez over May but um yeah I, I think that's another option and um MacArthur in Kansas City you know he's ten, he's taken over that uh that closer role for for them and hopefully it could be an aim to keep an eye on for next season as a, as a potential sleeper closer uh Kansas City again, they're I think they're hosting the Yankees this weekend Um, so, you know, three games against that Yankees lineup, which is, you know, kind of all over the place at the moment. So James MacArthur, another potential save, uh, streamer this weekend.
3: Yeah. And then, I mean, outside of that, just looking at the teams that are really fighting for playoff spots. I mean, I think the Diamondbacks are probably pretty solid, but them alongside the Marlins and the, uh, the Cubs and the Reds, those are all teams that are probably going to go all out with their, their. Relievers until they are officially eliminated or officially secure their playoff spot. And then in the American League, it's just the ALS, it's the Mariners, the Astros, and the Rangers. And while the closer spots are locked up in Houston and Seattle, I think uh, Matt Brash is definitely an interesting guy in Seattle that I, I see have a lower roster percent than the top setup guys in Houston. And then in Texas, uh, we, we've talked extens- extensively about how bad Will Smith has been in September and Araldis Chapman's uh, aversion to saving games and big moments. And little LeClerc has found his way into a couple saves and has probably been the team's best reliever here in September. And while it's probably a co-closer situation with him and Araldis Chapman, LeClerc's definitely looking like the more trustworthy option, in my opinion. So if you're looking for a, a save from a guy who likely isn't, available in every single league but could be available in a lot of leagues jose leclerc is one of those guys they will be taking on the mariners mm-hmm. so it's like those are must-win games there and they are not going to want to mess around so i think leclerc could be a, a good option for a save
2: yeah i yeah i was at leclerc's a good call um and another one just yeah another similar co-closer situation in philadelphia where it looks like Craig Kimbrough might be kind of slipping. He might be losing that job to Jose Alvarado. And the last time I checked, Jose Alvarado was uh, not rostered as too high. I think Kimbrough was still more rostered than Alvarado. So Alvarado this weekend against the Mets could be a really good. Uh, I know the Phillies have already kind of clinched their spot, but I still would imagine Alvarado would get some get some more, at least one game this, this weekend.
3: He's up to 42% rostered now.
2: Okay, yeah, so that still feels really low, but um, yeah, I, I like Alvarado this weekend.
1: Let's not forget, too, at the Phillies, they've clinched. They have this playoff spot, and they likely also have the first-round home field advantage in that wild card series. So they're really not playing for anything. So do they really want to run Craig Kimbrell out there in games that don't exactly mean as much to them? And maybe they want to get Alvarado another outing before the playoffs just to... Regain his velocity, regain his stuff, and show that he's the Jose Alvarado that we've come to know and love throughout the season. So, I think Kimbrel almost becomes a pretty easy avoid for this week, and I think that one's a great, uh, a a great guy to wrap up the segment and mention. But we'll take one final break when we get back. It's time for a year in review. We're gonna sit down. We've come up with our end of season awards for people that. We talked a lot about that are worth uh, mentioning, and then we're going to get into some predictions. We were already wrong in the regular season, so why not try and do it again and predict what's going <laughs> to happen for the playoffs? So we'll get back. We'll recap uh, the season finally, and look forward to the upcoming playoffs on in the pen. All right. I feel like we need some award music, you know, something sort of the award show music though we lacking, but you know, maybe next year we'll come up with something like that. But it's time I mean, for the I could, first like sing, or
3: I'm a good whistler. You want me to whistle? I feel like that won't translate too well no. on podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe next year.
1: Maybe next year. I'll give you a year to oh. come up with something for 2024, and then we'll we'll break it out then. But it's time for the first ever Indie Pen Awards. We've come up with four different categories based off the usual uh you know, awards you see for players throughout your fantasy shows, or just regular awards but obviously in our show reliever centric so we'll start off with the reliever of the year in the american league and the national league take it over to our reliever expert to start us off rick you can pick which one al or national who is our 2023 reliever of the year
2: I'll go. I'll go. Al. I'll go with. It's funny to because it's similar to you know Shohei Ohtani is going to still win MVP yeah. despite missing a, almost a month here, and I think Felix Batista is still the best AL reliever of the year despite missing the last month. Um, yeah, I mean, what what else is there to be said? I know obviously the injury hurt, uh, kind of hurts, and even makes it it makes it even remotely close because without you know if he pitched this month we are probably. You know, there's not, there's no debate at all. Um, but yeah, Batista had a legendary season this year. A strikeout rate over forty five percent. He really, you know, since you know, with Edwin Diaz getting hurt early in the season, he he kind of picked up that like who who we ne- we had a, you know questions as who the that top closer would be. Would there be someone who kind of stood apart from the rest of the pack? And I think Batista was the one guy this season that was different from. The rest of the closers in, in in baseball, I feel like even the you know the guys below him were still they were great. They had great seasons. A lot of guys like Josh Hader, you know, Devin Williams, um, Pete Fairbanks, but they you know what what Batista was on pace for was you know just you know in a different class from the rest of the the league.
3: Yeah, I mean there there was a time when it looked like he might be the favorite for Al Cy yeah. Young and. Clearly, Garrett Cole took that with his complete game shutout last night, but uh Felix Bautista definitely an incredible season that first half was absolutely bonkers the guys unhittable I hope he can return to full health and hopefully be the driving force to uh, a bullpen that could really use his help in the postseason but yeah an, an incredible season from him and if there are detractors that are like well he missed the last month of the season his his sample size is too small this guy pitched so much in the first five months that his sample size was solid already 61 innings pitched through August. That's more innings than Jordan mm-hmm. Romano. That's one less inning than clay Holmes. That's uh, I mean, it, it's, it's right in line with all of the other top relievers. It's one out less than Yohan Duran. And uh it, it's, it's right in line with everybody else. And I'll, and for a lot of the relievers, it's, it's more than they pitched, which is crazy because if he had pitched a, final month he probably would have been close to 75 innings and uh it's pretty wild just considering that he he could have even just called it a day without an injury and just not pitched in September and still ran away with the award and that's basically what he's going to do but it's going to be w- with more of a, a sour note but a- absolutely incredible in the American League there
1: yeah i think we with the minor class is solid but not usual dominant year we have a clear number one reliever for fantasy drafts going to next year and that's gonna be Felix Bautista. What he did is just incredible. And I don't think anyone can argue with uh, making him the reliever of the year, at least in the in the American League. But Jake, we'll turn it over to you for the National League, who is our NL reliever of the year.
3: I'm going with Devin Williams. He didn't really set himself apart until the second half when he just was absolutely unhittable. An ERA around one and a half, uh, at a strikeout rate over 37%. And it came with 36 saves, which he still got a shot at leading the national league in saves or at least tying. He's two behind the aforementioned Camila Doval, who's got 38. Um, just r- really great. I mean, there's a little bit of competition here with like Josh Hader having an incredible season and Doval obviously leading the. National League in saves but I I think the way that Devin Williams has been super effective all year long and has a bigger workload and the pretty much the same amount amount of strikeouts as um, Josh Hader. I, I think Devin Williams earns this one. It, it, there there is some of somewhat of a debate between him and Josh Hader. But after mm-hmm. hearing Hader say that he wouldn't pitch outside of the ninth, I yeah, feel like yeah. you just got to give Devin Williams this one. He didn't uh, create any controversies, and it's crazy to say that these guys were teammates right. just a couple of years ago.
2: I know, imagine how oh man, if the Brewers had these two guys in their bullpen still, <laughs> like um, but yeah, yeah, it's really close between those two, definitely more of a debate in the n l um but I, I i lean, i would lean with uh I would lean towards Williams as well. it is crazy to think like Williams and Hayter both pitched five less innings to Batista this year, yeah, and have they been on the i l at all, I don't think they have right, so that's. Not that I can yeah. recall. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. But was just getting, uh, yeah, it's a of work. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I, I think, yeah, Williams, I think just because of the um second half, like you said, was completely different. You know, when the, the brewers needed him to step up most, uh, he, you know, he showed up in the second half where Hader didn't, didn't, didn't even to really show, I mean, he pitched barely at all. That's why he's only got fifty four 54 innings this year. Which I mean, I do understand. There's, you know, I understand he's, you know, just wants to be healthy going into his free agency year. But um, yeah, that's a different podcast, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll go with Williams. Um, but it's it's close here between him and Hater.
1: Yeah, I, I would lean Williams as well, but. We'll have the. I'm sure we have a whole offseason. The debate between Williams and Hayter 2024 and beyond, but you know, very exciting. And we'll see where Hader ends up if he still is eligible for VNL, believe the NL. Leaving next year, or if some American League mm-hmm. team decides to open up the Brinks truck and gives him an Edwin Diaz type contract, which I'm sure he'll get this coming offseason. But we'll move over to looking ahead to 2024. These guys are people we're going to be drafting a lot of in 2024 and had breakout seasons, the rookie reliever of the year. And same thing, Rick, we'll let you kick it off with the American League. We couldn't come up with just one uh, it's in for this category, but maybe by the time we finish talking, we'll come down to one. But at
2: least let's talk about a couple
1: relievers that fully stood out and are deserving in this uh, this category.
2: Yeah, because when she start getting – when you know, I was talking – to mentioning to Jake that there's no like the rookie relievers don't there's not really a standout guy like I think last year you had you know like Yoan Duran, uh you know names that really were you know exciting and intriguing and uh, you know so for, for the AL I came up with you know Yenye Cano is obviously someone to mention he had that huge you know that awesome start to the season he was really on pace to be that like true breakout you know candidate and then things kind of slowed down for him but you know overall he still had an an amazing season. I mean, no one's going to complain about a 2.13 ERA over 71.2 innings. um And, you know, he doesn't strikeouts were, weren't, you know, strikeout rates only at 22.6%, but, you know, it comes with a 4.7% walk rate. So he, he's not walking people. um You know, 1.0 whip for the season is, you know, that's, fine we'll take that 30 holds and now he's up to eight saves as well with you know filling in for Batista so he's he's been you know even though he's not the guy we thought he was in the first two months of the season he's still a very productive reliever and you know they've really leaned on him and they need to lean on him because you know with Batista out and other factors in their bullpen kind of lately that he's been the one guy that they've been able to trust all year
3: yeah, I, I think uh, I gotta agree with you on that one. Yonder Cano, been the best holds reliever in baseball, leads baseball with thirty holds and has held down the closer role in the absence of Felix Bautista. And while he was unable to continue that scoreless streak that he held for a couple months, he still finished the season really strong, two point one three ERA. And the strikeouts aren't really there, but he was great. I think honorable mentions go to Jose Soriano, who quietly was one of the rocks of the angels bullpen had a big strikeout rate and a three and a half ERA. And then as well as Tyler Holton, not a big strikeout guy in Detroit, but he he also quietly had a, a, a very good season, 2.19 ERA could go multiple innings and uh, definitely made a good transition from Arizona to Detroit.
2: Yeah. Hol- Holton was an interesting one. How, how do they get, Where? how do they get him in Detroit? That was a, uh, a nice pickup like for them. DFA'd him. Yeah, I mean yeah. he he's been uh again, yeah, like you said, not a big strikeout guy, but he's thrown he's thrown a lot of innings for them. Uh he's been their only lefty for most of the season. Um you know. Yeah, the good, Diamondbacks
3: yeah. DFA'd him in February of this year and the Tigers claimed
2: him two yeah. days later. I mean eighty eighty two innings um out of the bullpen for them and with a 2.19 year A. so yeah yeah he's, he's been a 0.85 whip too I mean yeah not a ton of strikeouts again but um, everything else checks out with him
1: yeah it's been a very interesting year and we talked about Jose Soriano as someone we might want to stream this weekend for the Angels against the A's mm-hmm. so he definitely deserves some praise as well great candidates guys we're going to want to look forward to for 2024 drafts but uh, a great breakout season hopefully lots to come and in the national league it was the same thing a lot of exciting names definitely one that we've been talking about throughout the season but other guys who kind of went under the radar and are worth mentioning so jake i'll let you kick off this candidate our national league rookies of the year
3: yeah the guy you hinted at is andrew nardi of the marlins and he quietly pitched a a, uh an incredible season and and I I think we talked about him a lot. And I think players that fantasy managers that are in safe plus holds leagues are very familiar with Nardi, but he was really great this season, two and a half ERA, 31% strikeout rate. And that strikeout rate was really what set him apart from the honorable mentions here. Cause you've got uh, guys like Tom Cosgrove who had a 1.81 ERA, which, I think led all Ricky relievers that had as many innings as he did, but it came with a strikeout rate of just 22%. He didn't have a lot of saves plus holds. He wasn't pitching a lot of high leverage situations. And uh, as well as Abner Uribe, who sort of misses out mostly because he's got a small sample size. He tossed just 30 innings, but he had a one and a half ERA and a 31% strikeout rate, but Nardi split both ends by having a big sample size and having a lot of strikeouts while having a very good, two and a half ERA. And I think Nardi is going to be interesting to watch. If the Marlins do make the playoffs, they'll have lots of lefties there. So it'll be interesting to see which teams they match up against and how much Nardi is used in high leverage situations.
2: Yeah. I think with Nardi, it's just been, he he's continuously kind of gotten better um, and taken over a bigger role there. He, you know, like you said, they all, they obviously have a ton of lefties there and he was kind of the fourth lefty to start with and he's kind of worked his way up into being like the that second lefty behind Tanner Scott. Um he he's gotten more holes than AJ Puck over the past month and, you know, Stephen Oakert's kind of fallen out of that situation as well. So he's uh he's become a huge piece to that Marlins bullpen. Uh like you say, yeah, Cosgrove's another he's kind of in that Holton mix where, you know, great ERA whip, but uh not a ton of strikeouts and um not the most holds. Um, Uribe, yeah, he just... If Uribe was up earlier in the season, he probably would have been... He might have been the the guy we talked about here as the, the top rookie reliever. Um, but maybe... Actually, how many innings did he pitch? Is he going to be eligible to see rookie status next year? Uribe? Yeah, he might. Is it um, 29.2. 29,
3: okay. Seems like too much.
1: Yeah, I think that
2: goes over the threshold, but...
1: I don't,
3: I don't know. How it. It I feel
2: like it's I like it's 24, 42. F- is it really? I feel like it's I have forty no or fifty or something. Yeah, <laughs> we no should time. know this. Uh, <laughs> but, well, but yeah, he might, may or may not be up for this award next year. Um, another guy too, who, if he didn't get hurt this this month, I think JoJo Romero was an interesting uh, name. I, he did. He was technically rookie eligible. Um, really. Yeah. Surprising. I know. That's I think it's I mean, I know for starters at least, I don't know if the, it doesn't change, right? I'm pretty sure it's fifty innings. Um Sure. So
3: Yeah, I think it's it's weird to see a guy pitching three innings and That's then cost the almost ten innings in each of those uh years and then be like, yeah. Well, he's still a rookie reliever. Um yeah. Uh yeah, it's say so we gotta set our own thresholds. For
2: for relievers it should be different, <laughs> yeah. probably. Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, Jojo Romero was having it was looking really good for the Cardinals before a knee injury shut him down. Um, but yeah, someone to be excited for next year, I think. Yeah,
1: definitely, and I I like that Jojo Romero mentioned because he's not somebody who I had thought of much since the injury. But it's cool to look back and see how good of a season he had, and with the Cardinals, what direction they go. We'll see if he becomes a. You know, goes back to that pen and becomes one of the important guys in the back end, or how they play things out in 2024. So he'll definitely be a name to monitor for this coming season. We'll move over to the next category: the breakout reliever of the year. And guys, that we've, you know, again talked a lot about, but came kind of out of nowhere. We weren't expecting too much from, them, and they really stood out as dominant guys. And uh, same thing, Rick. Let's start with the American League. Who are our breakout relievers of the year.
2: Um yeah, it's I mean for me it's obviously Robert Stevenson's the top guy because of what he's done since moving to Tampa Bay. Uh he's your Pete Fairbanks? He, he, he is. <laughs> he's I mean the numbers are just absolutely ridiculous with him. And it was only, you know, the Rays obviously have their, you know, this is what they do, they you know, but it was really just a simple change. He just started throwing his cutter like a little bit harder and that was pretty much it. And it's turned him into one of the best relievers in all of baseball over the second half. So um, it's great to see. I mean, he's always kind of been like, you know, someone who has been a kind of an interesting name. And and not even when he was a starter, he was like, all right, you know, he was kind of a hyped up prospect and then didn't work out. As a Starter is like, Oh, maybe there's something here as a reliever. And, you know, it's it's good to finally see him, you know, break out this season and be interesting to see him in the playoffs too. I think, you know, oh, yeah. more team, more people, you know, being being able to, to see him finally for, you know, the first time.
3: And he's going to be a free agent too. This guy's yeah. going to get paid and yep. could be a closer next year. And that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. um, I, I agree there. I think he stands out in the American League. I hate when rookies are sort of considered breakouts. I know MLB.com will come out with like a – top 50 breakouts of the season and then it'll be like half rookies i'm like those aren't breakouts they're not (laughs) breaking out from anything they're debuting but or cano sort of qualifies for this list because he did pitch last year and i think that's a different case where it's like if they pitched even a small sample Mm -hmm. in the year before there's still a possibility for a breakout and he sucked in like the few innings that he pitched last year so the fact that he came out and was as good as he was and then jason foley who I mean, hasn't finished strong, wasn't uh, really a closer, um, but seven saves, 28 holds on the season, not a lot of strikeouts, but one of the best ground ball pitchers in baseball. He was a great setup man in Detroit, but I, I don't think he sheds, sh- I don't think he, uh, I cannot think of the saying I was looking for, but that's fine. I don't think he was as good as Robert <laughs> Stevenson. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I almost thought about putting Robert Stevenson, if he could qualify in the National Leagues, when he did for the Pirates before the trade. But we, we called it as soon as the trade happened, too, that the Rays worked for Devil Magic. And Robert Stevenson is going to be a name we're going to be mentioning throughout. And it's been weeks, and I think he's gotten a mention in almost every single podcast since then. And he's been great, and <laughs> I'm excited to see what the, the future holds for him and whether he becomes a closer or just another dominant back end reliever for. Uh, high-end team. I could definitely see that in the cards for him. We mentioned the National League, so Jake, let's have you kick it right back off there as well. Our National League Breakout Relievers sure I, I think
3: Tanner Scott is sort of the epitome of this role a guy that's pitched in the majors for a few years uh, this is his seventh season in the majors his sixth full season and throughout his time previously he was no good uh, in from 2017 to 2022 4.61 ERA and he just walked way too many batters and why I feel like he's the epitome of this role is that he made a clear change in his approach to pitching and that was walking fewer batters He Cut his walk rate, I think basically in half coming into this season, it was 14.2%. It's down to 8%. It's not quite in half, but that is a significant drop, especially for a reliever and to do so while also increasing your strikeout rate by almost 4% is very impressive. He had a 1.56 career whip before this year. Now is at 1.02 and it took him a while to take over that closer role, but we got into September and he finally took it over and he's been one of the best relievers in baseball. And it was cool to see him take that big step from being uh, sort of a, an underwhelming guy with really good stuff that couldn't control it to being like a legitimately great pitcher. Mm. That that was really cool to see. And then Jeff Hoffman in in Philadelphia, also a great year quietly because they have so many options there. But he has been a guy that you know, we were just waiting for him to get out of Colorado. He went to Cincinnati and didn't quite do what we expected him to do, but he's done that in Philadelphia. And then also, you all in Milwaukee. He's sort of been a like a, a journeyman, going to a bunch of different teams, pitching for the A's and the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays and the Royals, just all kinds of teams. And then now in his age twenty nine season, he finally got a chance to stick. And while he was. Pretty solid in his first few seasons in the big leagues, 3.35 ERA. Nobody really talked about him. And that was because he just didn't strike anybody out. This was a guy that was like a 17.5% strikeout rate guy. He's bumped that up almost 10%, a full 9%, up to 27%. And that has made him one of the best setup men in baseball in Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, those are uh, all three good calls. I, I honestly considered tanner scott as a potential i mean he, he's probably the third if, if we're talking about best nl reliever he might have been third um sure for them this year i think there's a case for that he just doesn't have the saves it's just yeah if you just take saves away from it i mean he's been finally got the command kind of under control and yeah it's allowed him to break out this season um jeff hoffman though yeah that's i mean that's a really fun one that i don't feel again it's hopefully people get to you know see him This postseason, and uh, he's, you know, let's let's over the past three seasons, his fastball usage has been 54.6, 56%, 50.4%. This year, fastball is down to 34%. He's throwing his Mm. slider 47% of the time. Uh, Not only that, but you know, he's throwing his fastball hard. He's at 97.1 miles per hour this season with his fastball. Last two seasons was 94.3. So, up the velocity of the fastball, but bring, you know, bring the usage down a little bit and then throw that slider, which has, you know, 45% whiff rate uh, and the spin rates have all up this year as well. So yeah, the, 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 um the Phillies have done a great job. You know, they, they, they did a great job of Alvarado. They're starting remember
3: when their bullpen was like a great, know. like anybody yeah. would yeah. go there it and they would it. suck. Yeah.
2: As back when Hector naris wasn't good, yeah, I mean, like they've really turned things around there with you know Alvarado Soto. Soto has been pretty good this season for them. I think you know there's probably more in the, more in the tank with him too. I bet you next year he, he, he could be a breakout candidate. Um, yeah, they're they the Phillies have done a great job with Hoffman though. That's you know he's gonna ha- he's gonna have a big. Uh, big role this this playoffs i mean that that bullpen if if they if they keep kirkering uh, uh, on the playoff roster i mean that's you got like seven or eight guys that are just nasty coming out of that bullpen from all sorts of yeah. different angles and yeah yeah he i remember of hoffman being someone i in one of my early
1: dynasty leagues was a yeah, key I, prospect that i was holding on to I had him, yeah it was like my first big pitching prospect yeah yep same <laughs> and i was so excited for him and I'm no longer in that league. I just couldn't commit to it after a while. But I remember making that pick like, oh, I've got to steal. He's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to see him finally work out. And like you said, the Phillies just find this way to do for relievers. But Tanner Scott would get my vote for if we were picking just a one. But obviously great mentions with Pyamps and uh, Hoffman and all three of these guys could become (laughs) crucial parts for their team's postseason runs. Uh, which we'll talk about in just a little bit before we get to the postseason p- predictions. We've got one last category. And it's the comeback reliever of the year. Somebody who had a, a poor season. We weren't expecting too much from and just brought themselves back into relevance and someone we were talking about again on a week to week basis. So Rick, go to the American league. Who's our comeback reliever of the year
2: for 2023. <laughs> I gotta do the American League, all right. Um, <laughs> you gotta keep. You, <laughs> you can know, do the National League if you nah, want. Nah, yeah. I'll, 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 so, I'll, I'll roll this Chapman. I mean, he was not good last season. I, a lot of people, you know, I, me, I definitely wrote him off this year. I had, it was not I had, I had no expectations for him this season. But um, you know, the velocity came back, the strikeout rate came back. 42% K rate that's you know his best number since two, since 2020 and if we're talking full seasons that's his best number since 2018 um, which is you know crazy to say what is he 30 35 now so yeah um, he, he you know he's faltered a little bit down the stretch here the, the command has still been an issue it's always going to be an issue with him but um, I still think it's a comeback season considering you know the what everyone was kind of expecting from him at the beginning of the year, and what the Royals, you know, took a chance on him, and it definitely paid off for them. Um, you know, being able to get a get a piece for uh, for trading him at the deadline or before the deadline, yeah,
3: yeah. a real piece. Like, um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great call. I feel like he was clearly the best breakout re- or comeback reliever of the year, um, despite our. our unwillingness to talk about him but that that does leave me room to talk about keenan middleton a little bit he had been bad for a few years after breaking out in 2017 he had dealt with injuries a lot across 2018 and 2019 and then sort of jumped around teams where he did not pitch well but he figured things out this year in on the south side of chicago sub four era started striking out guys at the highest rate of his career then he went to the bronx and took his game to an even higher level as he pitched to a sub 0.7 year away. he was at 0.68 very close to the nice number and then also struck <laughs> out 34 percent of batters so uh he definitely looked a lot better than he had ever looked before and also showed the ability to stay healthy right up until the very end so that was uh great to see definitely a comeback here for keenan middleton
2: yeah he had a huge um I mean, the swing and miss stuff, I I was surprised that it came back the way it did. I mean, 17.2% swinging strike rate is eighth best in baseball over the season for relievers. So, yeah, um, great to see him come back. And it'll be fun to see, you know, he's one of those other interesting free agent names that like maybe he ends up in a situation where he can close out games next season, become a deep round, uh, late, late round sleeper.
1: I didn't think when they made the trade at the trade line, I was like, Okay, we're getting another reliable arm, that's cool. I'd be asking for the Yankees to bring him back, but if he's willing to come back, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. With Kenny Milton coming back for the Yankees. He was a a good part of that bullpen before he joined the ever long list of injured Yankee relievers. But he's a great name, but you know, Raldo's Chapman, what he did at the beginning of the season it was great. And I didn't think we'd be mentioning him as a a key part, but a lot of people who started the year off strong was because they were able to get Chapman uh, as one of our relievers so we'll see where that ends up and what he can do in the postseason but he's deserving to be mentioned at this award I know none of us wanted to mention him but it it was a very strong season for him well let's have it up on some people we prefer to talk about over in the (laughs) National League and Jake I know two of these guys were big names of yours so I'll let you uh, let you tout them out first
3: yeah, I'll, I'll just take Julian Merriweather and leave the last one for Rick. Julian Merriweather was definitely a guy that many fantasy baseball players know from 2021 when he started the year off with a couple saves and the fab guys went crazy dropping all kinds of fab and then he got injured almost immediately, Chaucer's 13 innings that year. And so he was he went from uh being well known to being more infamous. By the way of of, I just remember like the podcast at the time, people were dropping like four hundred dollars yeah. of fab, like forty percent of their fab on a guy that like literally didn't get another save after that, which is pretty crazy. And then he's been dealing with injuries ever since then too, and struggled last year when he did pitch with the Blue Jays six point seven five ERA. So the fact that he was not only able to stay healthy for the majority of the year this year, 70 and the third innings pitched, but also the fact that he had his best season in terms of uh all kinds of metrics, 3.45 ERA, his strikeout rate was over 32%. Really a, a successful season for him. That ended with him as the closer, and while he only got a couple of saves, uh, it's definitely a, a successful comeback story for Julian Merriweather in the National League.
2: Yeah, I mean, if he gets four strikeouts this week and he'll he'll get to 100 strikeouts on the air um that's crazy yeah so you know he's yeah going from 26.2 innings pitch last year to 70.1 uh and 13 the year before yeah he's really it's been a great season for him but we would yeah we talked about him earlier the command's kind of been shaky lately hopefully he can shore that up and give them a nice you know boost down For this this weekend, Um, the other name, yeah, the other name we had for the NL was Hunter Harvey, who, again, another guy that's always kind of been intriguing. It's just been, you know, can he stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? Um, This year, you know, Harvey's been able to throw fifty eight innings. You know, last season he he showed some promise in in thirty nine innings. So he's you know up to fifty eight innings this year. Which is, you know, we'll we'll de- we'll definitely take that from him. Two two point seven nine ERA, uh zero point nine one whip, definitely, you know, no no complaints there. Twenty eight point seven percent K rate, which is exactly what he had last season as well. That's kind of funny. Um you know, it's he's not the kind of you know, he was a hyped starter, a hyped up starter prospect at one time. He's aren't that Guy anymore, even as a reliever, he's probably not gonna you know shatter any records or anything. But he's turned into a really solid you know piece for for this Nationals bullpen. Um, I think I think we're all in agreement. He's probably if we had to pick a closer, we'd take him over Kyle Finnegan. Um, and hopefully next year we get to see more save chances for him. Um, he he wound up with ten saves this year, nineteen holds right now, so. Still, still pretty productive on that, in that aspect as well.
1: Yeah, we, we didn't think we'd end a a show without talk or an awards it's season without talking about the Harvey. Hobby. Right? Yeah, of course. But Julian Merriweather was also a great candidate. Like we said, getting DFA'd, getting a season, got brought in for Chicago. We just figured, okay, middle relief, whatever. And he became one of their more trusted relievers out of the pen. Hopefully, we'll get to see what he can do and give more. Fans a reason to watch it when they play in the, the postseason. But before we wrap up, we want to take another crack at this. We did predictions beginning of the season, and some of ours are still alive. Some of ours don't have either of the teams making it in. Um, so we want to get a, a second crack at the apple. So we'll rapid fire this and trying to predict the, what we expect to happen in the postseason. But before we get to the round by rounds. There's still some spots left to be up left up for grabs. We have in the American League, the American League West is likely to win one one by the Rangers. So at this point, we're going to assume uh-huh. that's the case. But there's two wild card teams left to go in the American League. So before we and two for the National League. So before we go round by round, let's go on the record: who are taking these final wild card spots for each uh, for each
2: league? I I think it's as it is right now in the AL, at least. I, I, I think the Mariners, unfortunately, are the odd team out, um, which it's, you know, I really was hoping to see them in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think it's Toronto and Houston as the other two wildcard teams in the AL
3: yeah that seems the most likely especially if the mariners lose today which they're currently losing just yeah. two to one in in the sixth inning but i think if they lose today it might be over if they do win they're they're still a shot they're only a game back um but yeah uh, disappointing because the mariners were my preseason choice to win the world series
1: yeah i would agree if you guys will take the uh blue jays and the astros and we'll still have my world series prediction of the astros and uh Braves still alive, but we'll see if I mm. want to change it up. But over the National League, it's much more up for grabs. We got three, maybe even four teams fighting for these final two spots. Who do we predict will take these wild cards in the National League?
2: I, I think it's going to be... I mean, I think Arizona's pretty much a lock, and I, I think the Marlins are going to get that second one. Uh, they're going to be assuming that they can Is this game in a rain delay still? I feel like if, as long as they hold on here and beat, beat my, beat the Mets, they'll be up a game going into the weekend. And the Cubs are going to get, like we talked about that Milwaukee series, Milwaukee's going to, you know, they're going to try to beat, they're going to try to beat their division rival. Um, whereas Miami has the Pirates who are kind of shutting things down already with some of their pitchers. So I, I think Miami has a good chance to, you know, especially if a game in hand, I think they would, uh, I think Miami hangs on and gets the third spot.
3: Yeah, I, I'm on the same page, especially if you just look at a bullpen perspective. Uh I, I think the Marlins are definitely set up there in the bullpen while the Cubs are in a terrible position. And like, like you said, I think the matchups go the way of the Marlins there. But uh, on top of that, you've got the marlins uh a left-handed heavy bullpen going up against a team that's yeah. terrible against left handers, so they really have a huge advantage there and uh all you really have to do is win two games and then they they got a down. so that uh i could wrap things up right there
1: give me the cubs i think they'll take nope. it over v marlins Ooh. i i just i feel like i trust the cubs <laughs> a little bit more at this point run differential yeah. they've had the better season i but Brewers are going to be competing, of course, because this is their division rival. But they do have their division locked up and aren't playing for seeding. So I could see them being a little more cautious with their guys. Obviously, they're not going to pitch their big, big names. I don't think we'll see Burns or Woodruff this weekend. So I think the Cubs find a way to do it. Yeah, I think the Pirates are going to play feisty and play a little bit of spoiler. And I'll take the Cubs to take the, uh, the last wildcard spot <laughs> along with the Diamondbacks. I think they the- they're pretty much a lock.
2: Yeah, the the Marlins do have a pretty interesting. If this is correct, they have uh, interesting starters scheduled for this week. They have Ryan Re- Weathers, Edward Cabrera, and Brian Hoing. Um, oh, what? The that's heck? that's tough when you're, you need to win. You need to win at least two of those three games. Yeah. That's Gosh. not what you want. But if oof. only Sandy Alcantara. I know. Get a setback. I mean,
3: they're without yeah. Sandy and Auri, so even if they do make the playoffs, they might be screwed.
1: Yeah. yeah. But you know, since we have the wild card teams, let's we'll rapid fire it again. The divisional, the wild card rounds, uh, real quick. Who, who bounces? Who we have the buys for the American League? It's the Orioles and likely the Texas Rangers, yep. and the National League gets the Braves and the Dodgers. Who advances to face those two teams? Uh, you guys have
2: the bracket up. I'm looking at one. Yeah. Um, what about you, Callan I'm going off win. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm looking at the MLB.com. I, mean, I, I, I can just bracket. name off
3: the uh, uh, the potential matchups that are upcoming, and then you guys just say who. who Ast- you think?
2: Astros Twins. Um, I
3: think Astros Twins. Uh, got Astros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm taking Astros. Astros there. All right, so the Astros will face the
2: Rangers. Who? Um, are we gonna go? Okay, if we're gonna do that, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I think the Astros still still win there. I think the Astros even being the sixth seed, it's it's kind of works in their favor, I think, in those first two two playoff rounds.
1: Yeah, I'm concerned about <sighs> Texas's pitching. I, yeah. I'm gonna go Houston. I know Scherzer's oh, threw a bullpen, man. but yeah. we'll see if we see him at this point. I'm gonna tr- trust the Houston Astros as much as I That's gonna like be it.
3: Sh- so many years in the American league championship series for the Astros. Yep. But yeah, I mean, just like the, the depth of their lineup, their <laughs> lineup is crazy. And then just to have the bullpen that they have with, uh, all they really have to have is a couple good starters. And they've got like Justin Verlander, Fromber Valdez, Hunter Brown, Christian Javier, like they'll be fine. I, I feel like, yeah, they, they look to be set up for the ALCS. So
2: yeah. On the other side, we have <clears> Toronto <throat> versus Tampa Bay in the first wild card um that's a tougher matchup i i, I still team. like i still think i like tampa bay just because what they're um i think they're pitching and i think the home field advantage too is going to play a factor um in that one more so than maybe any other series um so yeah i'll take tampa bay i'll take uh over toronto in the first round here Uh man that's a tough one I think it I'll really go,
3: is because the go, Blue Jays have the starting pitching advantage.
1: It definitely the starting pitching advantage. It's a short series, which that seems to be the difference maker. But it's hard to bet against Tampa Bay, so I'm going to take the Rays as well. And we'll yeah, I I, I think Royals. it's going to be
3: close.
2: I'm I'm agreeing with you guys, Rays. Also, mm-hmm. then Tampa Bay heads into Baltimore. Um, again, the these AL East teams. Um. I want to root for Baltimore. I I I like. I know starting pitching is going to be a question, but I think you know if you get five or six good innings from Bradish and Gray, Grayson Rodriguez and you know I, I their bullpen is if as long as Batista's healthy, I think their bullpen will be will be fine. So uh, you know that lineup's going to be good too. Uh, I'll take the Orioles winning. They they're, they're the one seed for a reason. I think I think they're going to make it to the ALCS. Give me the Orioles. I. I'm i going to completely agree with you.
3: Yeah. My gut is telling me the Rays, just how they're built for the postseason. But yeah. I, I think if the Orioles, they do get if they do get Felix Bautista back, then I got to go with them. If they don't, I think they're, they are done for, but yeah. uh, given Felix Bautista's trajectory right now, I, I think I got to go Orioles
2: versus Astros in the ALCS. All right. We're all on the same page there. Who, who Who's coming out of the ALCS? <laughs> I don't want to choose the Astros. So I'm just going to go Orioles. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. I don't want to choose the Astros, but I want to be right.
1: So I'm going to take the Astros and keep my original prediction from getting the season. I just think the youth of the Orioles is the greatest story it's going to be. It's, if everyone gets a yeah. joke, not with the Astros. If this is the case, and it's hard to hard to bet against them, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I think we're all we're in agreement. Um, probably the Astros, but we'll... We're, 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 Take we'd want to see the Orioles. Um, so okay, over to the NL. Let's try to do this quickly. Marlins versus Brewers, or for for Callen, I guess we can be, say the Cubs versus Brewers. Um, any Either one of these way. teams have a chance? Yeah. Uh, Either way, it's Brewers for me. Same. I think the wild card in the NL is pretty straightforward. I think it's the yeah the Brewers are going to win their series, and then Diamondbacks versus Phillies. I think Phillies are or they should at least win that pretty easily.
3: Yep. yeah, I'm on the same
2: page. All right. So Brewers Dodgers. Now it gets interesting. Um Brewers. Yeah, you know, I you I Brewers. do Yeah, I'm I'm kind of Dodgers on the same page.
3: Completely unbiased <laughs> here. I think it, I'm going
1: Brewers. <laughs> yeah, Dodgers pitching's a... Yeah, it
3: scares
2: me.
1: For me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Brewers. I think they finally get it done again.
2: They're gonna need like some like I don't know who it's gonna be. It's gonna be like Josh Donaldson or some some bat to just kind of like have an insane playoff run. And that's you know that's please usually what it takes. Some please <laughs> don't. <laughs> be Josh Donaldson. It's gonna be someone like someone <laughs> random on that, and that lineup's gonna have a huge huge playoff and, and he'd like
1: be on the postseason roster. Oh, it's yeah,
3: true. They, when there's there's all kinds of loopholes
1: nowadays. Okay. Cause I know yeah, he was in like j- September call up after the first. So, but I they like probably found a way or <laughs> some rule. I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah. yeah if it's Josh Donaldson, I won't use it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll, t- but yeah, I'm, I think the Brewers just cause the Dodgers pitching is such a. Crapshoot right now. All right, so Phillies, Phillies, Braves is going to be such a fun series. It um, really is because yeah. the
3: Braves are so freaking good. But I feel like the Phillies are built yeah. more so for the postseason than the Braves are.
2: Whoever wins that series is going to go to the World Series. um Yeah, I got the, I got the Phillies. I kind of do too, because like I, we we're talking about their bullpen. This is a reliever show, so I'm going to go with the Phillies, just because their bullpen could be such a huge X factor in in the in the playoffs. And not to mention, I mean, they have Nola and Wheeler too. So it's uh, yeah, their pitching is lined up pretty well, and the, and their lineup is you know it's nothing to sleep on either.
1: I'm still going to go Braves. I think they find a way to get it done. Yeah, the Phillies are a juggernaut. They're definitely the next best team. This should be the NLCS, but just not how it. Works. I know. But I picked the Braves at the beginning of the season for a reason, and I'm still sticking with it. I think they find a way. That lineup is just insane. I know pitching wins it. or The bullpen for the Braves still has no slouch as long as it's going right. So it's going five. That, that I know for sure. going to be a <laughs> slug fest and a.
2: Yeah bloodbath but i, I would love to see nice. seven yeah you're, you're right i mean it would be nice to see seven and then i'll see with these two teams but
3: we can start a petition or something
2: <laughs> right um uh, yeah and i'll take whoever wins i'll take the phillies to, to advance to the the world series or the brands whoever wins yeah i know i, I oh god we have you yeah, the astros phillies again no no, I'm, yeah. I'm baltimore, no. Philly. Yeah. yeah baltimore philly
3: yeah baltimore philly i think i'm on the same page as you um i'm, houston. What about
1: you, I'm houston atlanta I think Braves. Oh my uh, gosh! I predict that that this season. I've got you know it's still there, and I it's not even just trying to stick with prediction. I
2: think they're (laughs) that was the twenty twenty one, right? Yes, twenty twenty one. Yes. Dang Astros are so good. uh, Oh yeah, they are. Um, I'll take I'll take the Phillies over the Orioles. That's my World Series prediction. That's that's all I got.
1: Braves over Astros. Charlie Morton comes back from his injury, some crucial innings and. Braves are the best team for reasons. So get Braves finding a way to get done this year. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, if it, for me, if it's Phillies, Orioles, uh, the Phillies are just set up for the, uh for the postseason better than the Orioles. But I yeah. feel like the Orioles are, I don't know. Both of these are like really good vibes teams, So it's like mm-hmm. really hard to choose. I think I would more so want the Orioles to win just because the Phillies were just there. Um, oh man uh yeah i'm just at risk of just agreeing the whole way with rick but i mean that's that's like a common theme on the podcast i'll go with it i I got uh, phillies in in
1: six yeah it's gonna be a a great postseason we'll be here to recap throughout it regular season will be over so we'll be off of a weekly schedule but we'll still be producing plenty of content breaking down all the latest news discussing the postseason looking ahead to 2024 it's going to be a, a fun playoffs and we'll have a lot to discuss both on this podcast in our discord through PL plus on playback TV slash pitcher list, all of that good stuff. It's going to be a, an exciting postseason. Thank you all for sticking with us and helping us be a part, letting us be a part of your 2023 fantasy season. Let's hope we can help you one last time and take home some pitcherless championships. So for all of us that. Have, in the pen myself jake rick thank you again and we'll talk to you during the playoffs